Welcome to In Conversation with Gaia. We have an extraordinary guest with us this morning in our In Conversation segment. Her name is Katie Milne. Katie is an urban medicine woman trained in the shamanic arts and plant spirit medicine. The wise woman, a way of relating to the plant kingdom. She is a gardener, healer, herbalist and psychic, bringing together her modalities in service of the divine, her local community and the Fenua land. Welcome, Katie. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to have a conversation with you. Yeah, likewise for me. I'm very grateful for this conversation. Now, Katie, we would love to go to the beginning. Would you love to share a little bit of your childhood with us? Yeah, I I suppose in my childhood I was very... um, serious in terms of my um, disappointment of the state of humanity and my dedication to self-growth from a very young age and also my curiosity about people and how people were and understanding people and how they operated and also my family and I was very creative um, as a child and very dedicated to growth and learning from a very very young age. I suppose these experiences then start, um, you know, you start questioning, is there something more? Yeah, absolutely. And when would you say that turning point for you was? When did you discover your gifts or your affinity towards the plant world? The plant world came, I think, later on in my 20s. Um, I had a lot of spiritual experiences through my 20s and that's when I really became endeared with the magic of the plant kingdom and relating to them through a sensory experience of touch and smell and feeling their energy. But as a kid, I didn't quite discern spirituality as something separate and I wasn't necessarily aware of my gifts, but I definitely had wisdom and intuition that flowed through into my everyday life and my relationships with people that I never really questioned. Yeah. Did you have any influences in your life such as, um, you know, your mum or anyone else who inspired you? Pretty blessed in that I had a really good childhood and my mum really supported my creativity. So I think that was a huge aspect of my childhood. And also my parents always believed in my abilities to succeed. And so I always, probably like a lot of people of my generation, grew up with the belief that I could be or do whatever I wanted. Beautiful. And my parents really supported this. Beautiful. So you mentioned that you had some spiritual experiences in your 20s. Is there mm-hmm. anything significant that you would love to share with us? Not necessarily. I think a lot of people in their 20s could relate to this and that a lot of the experience I had was quite out the gate, so to say, and quite extreme. And I really had the uh, enthusiasm of youth or what I call my Superman coat at that time where I 
never was afraid and I would delve into the other realms and other worlds even with quite confidence and awareness of how to protect myself. Um, But I think there was also elements of confusion and illusion because I didn't have any framework or structure to anchor what I was seeing and, and experiencing. So when I came out of that chapter of my life, I met a medicine woman when I was 21 and I joined a women's healing circle that was in shamanic practices. And it was from there that I was, I I realized I had to come out of this chapter because A, I had a lot of healing work to do for myself and B, um, I wasn't learning anything more. So I started to look elsewhere for guidance and structure, which I think is very essential when you're dealing with the spiritual world and other realms. That is so true, so true. Mm. And um, and you said it so beautifully because when you play with the spirit world, which is magnificent, I mean, you can't even put it into words, your experiences, and you said it so nicely where you had to learn to protect, you had to learn the protocol, so to speak. Mm. Um, yeah. And um, so could you share with us some of your experiences? To all our listeners out there, the way spirit led me to Katie was that I was new to Auckland and I was walking down the famous K Road, which has an amazing character of its own. And there was this lovely sign that said, Women's Circle tonight. And spirit led me to this amazing woman. So, Katie, could you share some of your experiences doing the women's circle? Yeah. The, um, so, I started attending a women's circle when I was 21. And then um, from there, I went on to doing several shamanic apprenticeships that has run over the last six years. And Um, I went into shamanic teacher training about three or four years ago because I realized that the knowledge that I was learning and the skills and framework I was learning was something that I really wanted to teach and it was also something that I was quite good at and I felt that I was good at it Um, and very passionate about it, really passionate about it, like it became the most important thing in my life and then as I like it's definitely quite a process preparing oneself to be in a position to be able to facilitate an integrity and I felt that I was really I was getting really big nudges just from spirit to get out of my comfort zone and like put myself in the situation of practitioner and start healing and start facilitating so that's when I started the women's circle which was about a year ago now and Uh, To begin with, my intention wasn't clear. It was just that I wanted to have a space where people could come and be dedicated to their own spiritual practice and have a facilitator that could hold a strong space for them to explore their own gifts and their own relationship to the divine and their own healing. And then that developed, and I, I got a really strong message connecting with the goddess or the divine feminine to refine my circle work to a woman's circle. That was a space for women to come and have voice and connection to and also the hidden feminine mysteries and archetypes because I started to realize through my work with clients that there were lots of aspects of the feminine that didn't have space in this everyday world that had been filtered out or had been hidden, especially in the lower world and the underworld, for safekeeping for a time when she was ready to rise back up again. 
and that I, yeah, it just felt really important to create a space for these mysteries and these hidden voices to come up and to talk. So you provide them a platform because it's so true. Because as women, I think even as girls, we are taught to not to say a lot, to be seen but not heard. And so our voices are always squashed. Um, So Katie, could you share with us whether you played with cross-cultural goddesses or whether it was um, any specific goddess that you resonated Mm. with? So um, the the calling that came to me was from the great goddess herself, um, the overarching goddess or the overarching um, divine feminine. And it's really beautiful in shamanic practices because there is room for all of the goddess and all the gods and all of the belief systems. So um, what can come through in the work could be anything. It's not, um, what's the word, selective in that way and what I felt from the goddess the great goddess when I connected to her and this arts back to times pre-patriarchy ancient times when communities and people really worship the goddess and the earth and the cycles of creation and death and we seem to have lost a lot of that in our culture today so that was really the voice that came through for me or the calling that came through for the woman's circle. Oh, that's so beautiful because it is so, so true. Um, Now, I have a question for you. Do you play with um, the... And I seem to be... Spirit is leading me to ask you these playing questions because I think uh, we need to play as women. We are too serious. So um, with with your experiences with the indigenous uh, communities and um, how did that weave with your work? Um... Well, so it's it's quite an interesting question, actually. I think for me on a personal level, when I was doing my spiritual work in my 20s, I was really fascinated at where we were as humanity and fascinated at looking at the structure of Indigenous communities and intergenerational relationships and the connection to the earth and to that which we harvest and eat and also our connection to the spiritual world and that I was questioning a lot of the displacement and reasons for illness or dis-ease or unbalance and especially with amongst people in today's society and so I started to inquire about structures of community and I guess I really looked to indigenous practices in that way um and more and more as I've walked along my path and like working with the plant kingdom you know like and as a practitioner keywords that come through for my training do really resonate with indigenous ways and that's around humility and and just humble things like having your fingers in the soil and you know talking to your grandparents and like the women's circle is beautiful because we have women of all different generations so we've got grandmothers we've got mothers we've got teenagers we have got youth we've we've got maidens and the wisdom and sharing that comes through is just so beautiful because there's not many times that women have the opportunity to talk to other women of different generations in that context. 
Yes, that is that is such a gift, I would say, because we are sometimes isolated. Now, when you look at a mother, she's too busy with her little ones that she might um, need the wisdom of a grandmother or sometimes yeah. even to bridge that uh, generation gap, the wisdom of a teenager. So how young uh, would you say the women that come to you, the youngest woman in your circle would be how old? I think I think one of the women is in her late teens. So I think we and I've got a new woman that's planning to come that's a student. So she's just um I think 16. Oh, lovely. Lovely. And what I'm picking up is that you have such a, with these circles there is such a, an amazing vibration of trust. And I think that's key, would you say, in opening their stories up so that they can share? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I do believe that um, one of my gifts as a healer is that um, is around openness and people being able to trust me. Um, and it's you know it's really humbling. Like it's just incredible. And you can probably relate to this with your work as well. It's such an honour. Yes, it really. is. It is. Now, um, Katie, I know that you're extremely talented and you wear many hats. So out of Absolutely. all the hats, is there one hat we, you would love to talk to us today? Um, well, I suppose at the moment, just with the seasons and we're coming into spring, my gardening work is really taking off a lot. Right. And... And when I'm working with people and as when I'm talking to friends in the spiritual community, one of the things which has taken a long time for me to integrate into my work is around balance and anchoring and grounding and structure. And and it's something, it's called Noor in, in Māori tikanga, which is Māori practices or um, rituals. Noor means neutral, and this is very much a gift of the feminine, is to be able to go into the neutral, into the Noor. Beautiful. And so kapu is the sacred. And so when I think this is really essential and maybe something that isn't honoured or cherished enough or acknowledged enough in the spiritual communities, which is around when we come into the sacred ordinary, which is, you know, um, like looking after our babes, I don't have children, but or doing the dishes or cleaning your house or cooking a beautiful meal and tending to your garden, garden and, and these sacred ordinary things. And I really... Um, yeah, I really encourage the spiritual community to put more value into the sacred ordinary and to the places of nor or neutrality where you're not necessarily, like it's essential for spiritual work to anchor and balance yourself. Like I, my gardening work is essential for me and I love working alone. I love being in the garden and not talking to people and just being with the plants and doing very like physical um, grounding activities. It's just, yeah, it's really essential for my constitution and the level of work that I do. Oh, that's beautiful because what you're actually saying is your root or your first chakra is needs to be grounded and yeah. uh, gardening is such a beautiful um, it's, it's such a beautiful practice because you're immediately connecting to Mother Gaia. Um, mm. Now, Katie, have you travelled or do you have travel in your plans? I do have travel in my plans. Um, yeah, I've, I've travelled quite around, a lot around New Zealand and I'm planning to be doing a travel um, through the North and South Island a trip and offering workshops and healing sessions 
So I'll be traveling for a couple of months and hoping it will be the end of this year. I'm just waiting for the absolute go ahead from spirit before I anchor that in. And then in the future, I see myself um, traveling internationally and I really would love to go to England, to the motherland as a place of my ancestors and also um, its connection to the fairy folk and the old wise herbalists there and Avalon and I would I'd love to have a trip there to connect with that lineage of teaching more beautiful and what Mm. I'm picking up is that because you have such a rich experience here and especially with the indigenous communities that there is you will have a lot to yes learn but at the same time exchanging ideas Mm. and experiences Mm -hmm. as well which is priceless Mm -hmm. I would say yeah absolutely and when I was 18 and younger I really wanted to travel but I like in the seriousness of my youth I was like no I must learn my own backyard I must learn what this land has to show me and I must learn the knowledge and and the wisdom and the mysteries and the secrets of this place so that I have something to share to offer rather than seeking my knowledge in foreign lands yes yeah absolutely yeah yeah Yeah, that's essential I would say now Katie Mm -hmm. you mentioned that um you know the healing work that you do so could you share a bit more about that absolutely so um my primary mode of healing is um as a shamanic practitioner or counselor and but I I tend to free flow with my sessions, so I weave into this um, working with the plant kingdom. And when I do readings, the only decks of cards I use is of plants, um, minerals, and insects. So that's the medicine that I work with in my readings. And my work is generally very practical. So it's people will come and they talk to me, and then I will just track the energy and track what spirits telling me to work with or telling us to work with, and. What I'm constantly refining in my practice is trust in myself and the divine to really empower my client to with their own healing so that I'm not taking over or taking control of the process and that we're actually working together, mm-hmm. um, which is, yeah, it's really beautiful coming more and more into that, into alignment with that. And so all sorts of things happen in my sessions and I never know what's going to happen when someone walks in the door. We could end up doing a soul retrieval or a past life journey or I might make them a remedy to support with whatever's going on for them at the time or an ancestor may come through or I could talk to them about their work and their connection to the land and... Um, yeah what messages are coming through to support them yeah so it can really be anything that happens Um, beautiful so that's why we say it's spirit led now when they see you do they need to see you more than once how does it work with your healing sessions well the thing is that the responsibility is completely in the client so if they want to keep coming back to see me then they can um if we do do a big piece of work i generally encourage them to come back to see me to support with integration right uh, 
because it can if someone's not uh, always active in the spiritual realm and then they come and see me and we do a massive piece of work it can be really hard to integrate that and also to anchor it into reality because sometimes the work is just so out the gate and it's just like oh my god what is this is this even real and so it's really important can be important in that situation for them to come back to see me and to anchor it into reality and to support it to integrate into the everyday life. Right. Mm. Right. Now, Katie, most of our listeners are from all over the world. So Mm -hmm. how could they work with you if they would love to? And I'm sure they would love to. How could they work with you? So do you do Skype sessions or phone sessions? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we can do Skype sessions. And it's amazing. I do Skype sessions with people and it's incredible the amount of, like I can do all the healing work just without having to be there. That's amazing. Yeah. And um, so, yes, we briefly touched on your travel, but where would you say you're at in terms of your spiritual growth right now? Um, I would say that I'm just at a platform where my practice and work is taking flight. Yeah. And, and, um, I would say I'm at a platform or a threshold where I've just really developed trust and belief in myself, which is a massive threshold to come into as a practitioner because of the work on and what I work with. It's yeah, it, it has taken a long time for me to really come into that for myself. Um, and now I'm just working to refine and really. You know, like some of the thresholds are quite terrifying because it's about coming into your power. And so I'm at thresholds now where I'm coming into aspects of my power that have been hidden for many lifetimes, thousands and thousands of years. And so it's like coming into those is just a gentle process and it's quite terrifying because I know it's just going to liberate and free me so much. Um but I'm, yeah, I'm just releasing my attach- attachment to the comfort zone, so to say. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we we all go through that process and so, several times during our lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, Katie, do you have anyone who inspires you at the moment? You did mention about um, the medicine woman that you met and she guided you with um, certain things. Do you have mm-hmm. anyone else at the moment in your life who you would um, say is spiritually walking beside you? Yeah, I I definitely have to honour my mentors and my teachers who have um, supported me so much, Um, and that's Layla Lees from Lasavia Healing and Chalice Malcolm from Wild Heart Medicine. And I'd also love to honour and acknowledge um, my sister Aya Van Kuden, who is a tattoo artist and a medicine woman, and we're doing a lot of work together. We're at similar places in our journey, and we're really supporting each other at this time and I'm so so grateful to be walking alongside her beautiful now we Mm. briefly chatted uh, before the interview about your book would you love to share anything about any ideas that are coming through is writing part (laughs) of your journey yeah so I write a lot and ever since I was a little girl I've been writing a lot because I knew that all the experiences I had needed to be documented And so I anticipate down the line I'll probably gather those all together. But 
the main project that's on the line at the moment is um, my work with Aya. She does bind room tattoo, and so we've been doing ritual and ceremony um, tattoo on me where we channel the runes and then we work with them and we she just intuitively allows the ink to flow onto my body. And so we're looking at writing a book about this process of sacred tattoo, which is which is not like a lot of the tattoo community. This is not a part of a lot of the tattoo community and tattoo world, the sacred ink, and it is really like body modification or marking the body and mapping symbols on the body is such an ancient practice. And I think it's one of the reasons why the like tattoos are so, so popular today is that people are feeling the calling need to mark themselves and their body. So we'd love to write a book documenting um, our process with my body. Oh, that is so beautiful because and yeah. and because we have a body mind spirit connection and yeah. when you allow spirit to flow through and oh that is fascinating and amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So so she you you channel or she channels. So we work together. Um, she channels images and the symbols, which I'm so grateful to have because she's at that point um, as an artist where she can do that. And then we work together because the symbols are a mystery. They are a map of knowledge, of information, of memories. And so the symbols and patterns that come through in those moments we work together and we bring through the stories of what it, so what is those symbols saying? What are they saying about my connection to different cultures or to spirituality or different lifetimes? And also that these are keys, these are tools, and these are gifts for me for my work today and to support me in this lifetime. So it's like unraveling a book every session we do. Have you experienced your past lives? Yes, I have actually, quite a bit. Is there anything yeah. you'd love to share with us? Um, I most recently had this very interesting um, journey last weekend. Um, I was at the Latihan, which is a really cool spiritual practice. It's international, and I highly recommend people looking that up. Um, it's 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 a so what you do is you just open yourself to the divine or to God, and then whatever comes through you, whatever moves through you, is completely in alignment. And you do that for half an hour. And so what spirit showed me was a lifetime in ancient Egypt, and something happened in that lifetime. Um, where I lost the structure of my soul. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm able to tune in and merge with energies and work with energies so well. But it also has been quite overwhelming in different parts of my life to navigate that mm-hmm. and to navigate energetic boundaries. And so I went back to this lifetime where I, I think I was a spiritual... I was I was working for them and those the rites that they had of initiation in ancient Egypt were very intense and serious. I and I sacrificed something so big, this structure around that around my soul so that I could move through the realms and through the worlds undetected. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could move through boundaries that other people couldn't move through. Um, yeah, and it was 
a big initiation. I actually believe I might have been a spiritual assassin of some description. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is quite a dark memory, but um, it's really essential because I'm, yeah, it's really essential now because my dedication this year has been around how can I work with my level of sensitivity and merging because mm-hmm. it's very challenging obviously mm-hmm. very challenging and so I'm very yeah I'm so grateful to have received that and to have been shown that mm-hmm. um, beautiful that beautiful mm-hmm. because through that darkness you then get to um to heal it or transform that and understand yeah, why you've had that uh, lifetime. Yeah, beautiful. Is there anything else you would love to share with our audience, Katie, so that they get to know you more or get to understand your amazing work more? Um, yeah, I guess the main thing that stands out to me just harks back to that work of the sacred ordinary and walking with beauty in every aspect of your life and my life. And I really believe that this is humble alchemy um, and connecting with the plants in our garden, um, the flowers that grow around us, whether they are wild or not, and the insects and connecting to your land where you live and where you work and the ancestors of the land and the stories that are there and that these reflect so much medicine for us and so much wisdom for us about who we are and what we are doing right now and why we are here. Um, now, Katie, you, your um, women's circle is on tonight. That's right. Um, and um, we will be giving the link to um, your amazing work and we will be um, speaking about it. Um, now, could you tell us, is it also connected to the moon cycles? So that weaves into the work naturally. We just I just run the woman's circle um, fortnightly. Right. And moon cycles weaves in because it's naturally connected to the feminine, you know, the bodies of water and our emotions. So that does naturally weave into our work and whatever comes up in the circle. Right. So to my lovely audience, you've had a beautiful experience with Katie today and I've absolutely enjoyed having a conversation with her. Now, just before we finish, Katie, is there any final words of wisdom or any Maori wisdom that you would love to share with our audience because this is something new to them? Yeah, in Māori culture, there's a lot about um, community and healing and community and also around belonging. And um, this has been a really tender journey for me, coming and connecting more with our local iwis and people of Māori descent. Um, And especially as a colonialist or someone whose my ancestry is lost so much culture knowledge it's lost everything really and so coming into a feeling of being accepted by a community and of belonging where I am regardless of my ancestral history has been really beautiful and healing and I just want to say that one of the most profound things that we can do is to connect with our community and to connect with our family 
and that it doesn't matter how spiritual or not spiritual that they are but that um, we all have a sacred role within community and when we come together our sacred role can shine. How does it how do you feel after spending time on social media do you need mm-hmm. to compensate with more time with spirit or can you share that mm-hmm. with us? Yeah, so I noticed greatly the effect of electromagnetic radiation pollution on my system. Yes. Having too much screen time. And I'm really aware of this. I think my gardening was a real gift in balancing that out. And it's taken a while to bring the whole sort of process into alignment. But now I really love it because, for me, it's an artistic process. And so I go for walks at dusk and I take photos with my camera and it's an opportunity for my artist to have space in my life, mm-hmm. my inner artist. And so through photography and then also through writing and sharing my wisdom for my posts, it's a, a really rewarding and empowering process. Oh, yeah, and I try to just be organized with it so I don't have to spend too much time. And generally, if I'm spending too much time, it's because I'm um, procrastinating or something silly like that. Yes. <laughs> and that's what you beautifully weaved it into our conversation earlier on, where you said that it's the balance that um, the gardening gives you, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. And, and also, it's amazing because through the camera, you see so many things through that lens. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah, lovely. And you can to the land as well, like, because I'm taking photos of plants around the neighbourhood, around local parks. I'm, like, constantly connecting to the land around me. And so I'm grounding myself here in the long more and more. Yes. Do you think as a humanity, as a collective, we respect the land or are we abusing the land? I'd say my clients, um, the concept of connecting to land might be a new thing for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like as humanity, we, you know, a lot of people, I'd say the large majority of people are very disconnected to the earth and also um, are very entitled in what we take and what we receive from the earth. The fact that we don't, you know, a lot of people don't even say a prayer of gratitude before we eat. Mm. Um, and in Māori culture, there's this word kaitiaki, which means guardian and guardianship. And um, wherever you live, your kaitiaki of that land, um, of that whenua, or stewardship is another good word. Mm. And so even though you might be renting to look after the garden, is to look after the ecosystem and it's to look after yourself as well and that a lot of people don't understand this, I don't think. And it can be hard when there's so many pressures of busy life, but um, it's really important. It's just so important because the earth, the mother, um, receives so much just from the simplest task of love and care as we would do for our home, mm. so we do for our gardens and for the land around us. That's so beautiful and it is so true. Do we mm-hmm. ever stop to say thank you? Yeah. 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 Lovely. And, you know, it's 
taken me a while because, like, I definitely have a strain of, like, what I would call, like, white self-entitlement. And and with my plant medicine work, you know, it's taken me a lot of time to get over that self-entitlement of asking before I harvest. And even now, I'm still not 100% there. Mm. Um, But just to be self-accepting with this, you know, and that it it can take time to realise that... Mm. We think around us as a living, intelligent network full of beings that we don't know or can't see necessarily. Mm. Um, but, yeah, mm. understanding exchange and fear exchange and, you know, it's a complex process. Mm. It was great chatting with you and having this conversation with you, Katie. And I'm sure my audience would have loved everything you had to share with them. Thank you once again. And it was such an honor to have a conversation with you. Yes, thank you. Thank you so, so much. It's been such a beautiful conversation. Thank you.